What's up, Gator Nation? And welcome back to the second edition of the All Things Gators podcast. So, if you missed our last episode, you can go ahead and find that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And in that episode, we went ahead and previewed the football season for next year. So, I'd really appreciate that if you could go and give that a listen. But uh, today, we're going to go ahead and start talking about uh, the basketball offseason. Not quite a preview of the season just yet, because we still have a little bit of time left before the season starts. But I thought we'd do a little recap of the offseason so far. So before we get into this episode, I just want to say that uh, we're at 800 followers on Instagram, at all things Gators. Um, I'd really appreciate it if you could go ahead and uh, drop a follow there. We're close to a thousand, and uh, on the site you could, uh, we keep you up to date on uh, everything that's going on with Gator Athletics. So, yeah, if you could drop a follow, that'd be much appreciated. And uh, let's get into today's episode. So, like I said, we're gonna talk about the basketball off season so far. So I thought we'd uh, start on uh, more of a negative note, and then. Uh, talk about a more positive note uh so i think we're gonna go ahead and start with uh players who transferred out of the program over this offseason so uh we'll go ahead and start with uh chase johnson and you know he didn't really transfer over the offseason more than he did in season but i just wanted to talk about you know uh of that 2016 class that mike Wright brought in so his second full cycle or it might have been his first, but uh, one of his early uh, recruiting cycles, you know, he brought in four players, four stars, in Chase Johnson, Isaiah Stokes, uh, Michael Caru, and DeAndre Ballard. Once again, all four-star prospects. And now, by the time their junior year has rolled around, they have all transferred. So, you know, uh, Chase Johnson, he was always injured, I mean. Uh, he always had illnesses or concussions or whatever, you know. And it, it, it was probably in his best interest to move on. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know if he'll even be able to continue his playing career elsewhere. But, I mean, I, you know, I really hope that he does succeed in his basketball career. And if not, you know, <laughs> he gave some good minutes in the, for, in the beginning of the 2017-18 season. So... Moving on, after Chase Johnson transferred, the next transfer that we had was in the true off season, and that was uh, guard Mike Okaru, and you know, I think this transfer, I saw this transfer coming since really last year. I mean, he was the backup point guard under Chioza, and we were all like, "All right, this guy, he's probably going to end up being our starter next year." Well, then you get Andrew Nemhard. And he's the backup behind him. And now Andrew Nemhard is staying another year. So Okaru's coming into his junior season. And there's really no way he's going to be a starter until, like, might he might not even start in his senior year with uh, Trey Mann possibly staying around for his sophomore year. So, you know, I, I think he was bound to transfer at some point and, you know what happened, and uh, he put in great minutes when he was at UF and always was an elite defender and 
I really think he was an underrated jump shooter. You see, you saw him really light it up against uh, the second game against Kentucky last year. I think he had six points off the bench in the first two minutes. He was on the court. And, you know, you just see flashes of what he can do. And, um, yeah, I think he'll be successful in a, in a uh, different school, most likely a mid-major school. But I think he will succeed um, elsewhere. So moving on after that, literally I, one day after Michael Carr would transfer, you had uh, DeAndre Ballard transfer. And uh, my thoughts on him, essentially, he's a high-energy player, pretty good defender, but I don't think he fit in Mike White's system very well and what Mike White wanted to do. And while he was a high-energy player, it just always seemed like he was all over the place, you know? Like, he, he just, it seemed like he was always doing his own thing, not running the offense. And apparently, uh, from what I heard, was that he wouldn't always put in the work off the court, you know, in practice and stuff like that. Because, you know, you saw towards the end of the season, his playing time really dwindled to a point where he wasn't even getting a minute of playing time in, like, the SEC tournament or the NCAA tournament. So, you know, it might have just been, like, a butting heads thing, you know. With uh, he didn't really get along with the staff, and the staff didn't really get along with him. But I think he, once again, with all these other people who transferred over the off season, you know, I think they'll be successful. But I have a feeling they're gonna. Uh, that's gonna be in the mid major setting, or maybe even Division two. So, but where where they do go, I think they will be successful. It just seemed like these players weren't really in the right fit. For Mike White and his system, but one player who uh, who did transfer, and uh, was not a part of this class, but I thought was a great fit in the system was Keith Stone, and I, you know I was a little shocked by this because, you know he in the first Georgia game of the season, in mid January, mid to late January, he tore his ACL, and of course that put him out for the end of the season, and I honestly I'm not quite sure why he transferred. Because he was always a starter, you know, always got great minutes. And he he's a good player, too. I mean, it just m- must have been something he, with the staff, or maybe he just wanted a fresh start somewhere else. And, you know, he did transfer to Miami. So, uh, with the Charleston Southern, or excuse me, <laughs> with the Charleston Classic Tournament releasing their schedule, it's possible that we play Miami in that tournament. So, we might be seeing Keith Stone in the second round. So that would be pretty neat if uh, we play against him. You know, I'm not quite sure if he's eligible this year, but nevertheless, we're playing his team. And, uh, yeah, and by the way, excuse my chair. It's a little creaky, so I'm uh, sorry about that. Just whenever I move around, it creaks a little bit. <laughs> but uh, moving on, you know, you also had uh, Andrew Fava transfer around the same time as Ballard and Okaru. And that doesn't really affect us at all. I just thought I'd mention it just because he did transfer. So, uh, but honestly, you know, I think he's actually a, like a, um, me- not mediocre. You know, he, he, I think if he goes Division two, I think he'll be able to be a role player. Because obviously you see like he's, he's got skill. It's just that he's like 5'8", you know, I, he, 
he just wasn't meant to succeed in the uh, Division One role at Florida, especially in SEC school. There was no way he was going to play. So I think he will uh, succeed in a uh, Division Two setting. So, yeah, and then our final transfer... Um, the fourth of the 2016 uh, class was Isaiah Stokes, and that happened last week. You know, I, I was, I'm not going to say that I was shocked by this because, you know, we have so many centers now with Kerry Blackshear, Gorjak Gak, Dante Bassett, if you want to consider him a center. Um, who else? Uh, Jason Jatobo, the freshman, and Omar Payne. So he, out of all those players... He was probably going to be the fourth string, in my opinion. So, you know, with a player of his talent, I, I honestly believe he's, he has Division One talent, especially uh, he could probably play. I've heard rumors of him going to Tennessee because, uh, you know, that's where his brother Jarnell Stokes played. Uh, but, you know, he, I think he's a really talented player, and I think he'll do just fine at a, another Division One school. So uh that's going to wrap it up for our trans for the transfer part of the segment and uh once again let's see how many transfers we had Chase Johnson, Keith Stone, Fava, Ballard, Okaru and Stokes that's six if I got all of them that's six players that transferred this season that's that's a lot. Like, I mean, this year I'm not too concerned, but next year, uh, we're gonna be young, man. Like, I don't. <laughs> next year might not be that great. The twenty 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 one season, but that is unless we can bring in a transfer uh, or two, and one of them I want to talk about. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but for right now, I thought we'd go to a more positive note. And talking about uh, incoming players who weren't on the team last year. So those are transfers and freshmen. So first I want to talk about the freshmen. Uh, you had Scotty Lewis, oh, uh, Scotty Lewis, Trey Mann, Omar Payne, Jason Jatobo, Jacquez Glover, and Alex Klatsky. Um, ranked in that order from first to worst. So Scotty Lewis and Trey Mann were both McDonald's All-Americans. Both highly talented players. And I, I could see them getting quite a bit of playing time. Uh, in my opinion, Scotty Lewis is probably going to be a starter at the three spot, the small forward spot. And I feel like he's going to have a big role in what Mike White wants to do this year. And I'm excited for those baseline out-of-bounds plays where uh, Mike White always seems to drop a brilliant play and where he has somebody coming off multiple different screens and uh, Andrew Nemhard inbounding, throwing an alley-oop. I'm really excited to see those highlight plays because I think Scotty Lewis is going to be heavily utilized in those. Um, and then you go to Trey Mann, you know, uh, elite scorer, not just catch and shoot, but off the dribble can take you to the basket, and he has limitless range. I mean, you see some of the videos in high school from his tape, and it's just insane. So those two, Donald's All-Americans, five stars, they're going to play a lot. The other freshman that I think is going to play a lot, obviously Omar Payne, number 50th over, overall player according to ESPN. Um, he's going to get a lot of playing time, I think, off the bench. 
you know, uh, he kind of reminds me of uh, Spidey, Kavarius Hayes in a way. Like he's a he's a tall, long wingspan shot blocker around the rim. You know, I think he's gonna have a pretty big role in Mike White's offense this year, or what well, offense and defense? Because offense, I think they'll do. Uh, they can keep him at the top of the key, and you play their Princeton offense like they like to do so much. So, yeah, I think uh, Omar Payne will have the chance to contribute quite a bit this year. And then the final three players of this class, uh, you had Jacquez Glover, Alex Klatsky, Jason Jatobo. You know, Klatsky, he is walking on. And fun fact, him and Scotty Lewis actually were on the same high school team. So just a fun fact there for you. Some of you might have known, but uh, moving on. So, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to talk about Klatsky too much because I doubt he's going to play, you know, probably just garbage minutes and blowouts. He'll probably end up being a fan favorite of the Rowdy Reptiles, you know. Uh, he's probably going to, uh, you know, they're going to be chanting his name, Alex, Alex, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but moving on, you had Jacquez Glover and Jason Jatobo. Both of these players, we got pretty deep into the 2019 recruiting cycle. And uh, I was honestly kind of surprised that we got these two. But uh, I think, especially for next year, they're going to be uh, pretty big. And they're going to have pretty big roles in what Mike White wants to do. Because this year, I seriously doubt they're going to get that much playing time with uh, with all the bigs that we already have. And with the guards that we have, you know, I could see Jacquez Glover getting more time than Jatobo, but he, Quez Glover, he's a speedy, quick point guard, more of a traditional point guard. And I could see him getting minutes, but, you know, probably no more than eight minutes per game. But I think that's a good starting point because I, he's definitely going to have a bigger role in the 2020, 2021 year. So. Um, those are all of our incoming freshmen, and then we had a couple of transfers. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, being Kerry Blackshear, and with him committing, uh, what was it, two weeks ago at this point in time? But yeah, that was a, a huge get for this team. He was the missing piece of the puzzle. He was that senior leadership that we needed, that go-to player that we that when we really desperately needed a shot. I feel like he's the guy who we can just give it to him, clear out, and let him go to work in the paint. So, yeah, I think huge get. I think, I mean, everybody around the uh, college basketball world has us now with this addition going deeper into the NCAA tournament and their predictions and has us ranked a lot higher. Uh, In a ESPN way too early top 25, I saw... They had us at 18 before the Blackshear transfer. And when we brought in Blackshear, they now have us all the way up to the number four team in the nation. So, obviously, great impact player makes a huge difference. And, you know, once again, he was, in my opinion, the missing piece of the puzzle. So, um, the other uh, transfer that we brought in this year, you might not have heard of him. His name is Anthony DeRuji. He is a junior, and he'll have to sit out this year. So he will come in to 
the 2020-21 season. And he'll have two years of eligibility, I believe. So he'll sit out this year, play next year. But uh, he's an amazing athlete. If you look at uh, the tape from when he was at Louisiana Tech. And, you know, he did, he did not play under Mike White. Even though that is Mike White's formal, former school that he coached at. But, obviously, Mike White has ties to Louisiana Tech. So he was able to pull him in. And I think that's a huge get for the 2020-2021 season with an extremely young team. And I think it's going to make a huge difference in us uh, going farther into the NCAA tournament. So, with that, that was all of our new players coming in this year. There is one more player that is on our watch list for possible transfer, and that is Tyree Appleby out of Cleveland State. He uh, averaged 17 points per game, along with about five assists per game. And he is same situation as Daruji, where he'll come in, sit out a year if he were to transfer this year, and he'd have two years of eligibility remaining. And, you know, he reminds me a lot of John Morant in the way that he kind of like that Russell Westbrook type player where you put up a lot of stats, like just judging from what I've seen of him. Just a great overall player, quick uh, quick player, can create his own shot. So, once again, I think if we were to get him, I'd feel much more comfortable about the 2020-2021 season than I do at this moment in time. So, hopefully we can get him. If he does commit to UF, uh, you'll be sure to hear it on this podcast. We'll be talking all about him. But for right now, we're just waiting to see what his decision is going to be. And that could be... Uh, weeks but you know the season's starting pretty soon so he's gonna have to make a decision uh but moving on just want to talk briefly about returning players and there's not too many with all the transfers um so and, and players who graduated obviously so returning players you have Nemhard, johnson and Locke. good news is that those three are starters and uh, they have a lot of familiarity in the system. Then, obviously, the other two returning players in Gorjak Gak and Dante Bassett. Uh, with Gorjak Gak, obviously, missed the entire year last year with the injury. So, he'll be fresh off of an injury. And I doubt he'll get that much playing time in the beginning of the season. But probably more uh, towards the end of the year when he's more accustomed to the pace of the, uh, of the of the game and getting getting back in the groove, from when he was uh, playing. So, because you know it it does it takes a little bit of time to fully recover from injuries and really get used to the pace of the games. So, uh, I think Mike White will ease him in. But uh, moving on, Dante Bassett, you know, have the same role as last year, I believe. Like player that just comes off the bench gives you good. Four minutes at a time. When maybe when somebody gets into foul trouble, such as Black Cheer, you know, and uh, no, and I think his minutes will probably increase a little bit this year. But high energy player, I would like to see him uh, improve his uh, post play this year. Obviously, he can. He's a great jump shooter. We saw that. We saw glimpses of it last year, 
if he can just improve his around the rim game, I think he's going to be a great offensive player. And obviously, he's already a a pretty good defensive player, protecting the rim and all that. So, yeah, I'm not too concerned with uh, Bessette. I think he can only improve, really. Uh, and then quickly, I just want to talk about the other three: uh, Nemhard, Johnson, and Locke. Nemhard, we know what we're getting in him. Uh, second most assist by a freshman in Florida history, fourth most assist in one season in Florida history by any player. So obviously great numbers, and I expect more of the same this year. Uh, gonna put up a lot. Gonna really distribute the ball. I'm excited to see him in Blackshear together. Um, it should be a lot of fun, especially him throwing lobs to Lewis running down the floor. It's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. But um, yeah, also towards the end of the year, we saw him really improve his jump shot, and I'm excited to see him take a few more threes this year. And uh, I you know beginning of the season last year, he had some trouble finishing at the rim. I remember in those early games, like Florida State game, and those other non-conference games, I remember him missing laps, and I was pulling my hair out because there were such easy laps that he was missing, and it could have just been because he was nervous and freshman, but we saw towards the end of the season he improved, and yeah, just finishing around the rim uh, was an area of improvement for him, and jump shot, but we really saw that improve towards the end of the season, so I think uh, he has the potential to be a top 10 point guard in the nation next year and most likely the best point guard in the SEC. So we'll see how that plays out. And then you have Noah Locke, obviously broke the record for most three-pointers by a freshman in Florida history, even more than Michael Frazier, who was, we all know, was a, a amazing shooter. So, and you know, uh, if you remember, Noah Locke had a hip injury midway through the season. I think that really affected his play. Uh, throughout the uh, uh, towards the end of the season, so he'll be healthy coming in, and I think realistically I could see him scoring upwards of fifteen points a game, and uh, I think he's gonna be a surprise player who is really gonna put in uh, great minutes, uh, probably most likely a starter, and uh, hopefully will train more threes. Um, you know, I think it's realistic that he could be a thousand point scorer midway through the season because he's already at 300 points now. And if he improves, uh, n- not his jump shot, but his ability to drive to the lane, I could see him scoring 15 to 20 points a game. And, you know, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. So we'll look out for that. And finally, Keontae Johnson. We know what we're getting with him. High energy player. Uh, the only thing, maybe just if he's a little bit more disciplined on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, great rebounder. We saw him uh, We saw him play amazing against LSU and also in the SEC tournament altogether. Uh, he, I think he really peaked in the, in, in the uh, SEC tournament. So, yeah, I mean... I love watching him on those baseline out-of-bounds plays. And, uh, you know, I I think he's going to have not as huge of a role as he did last year because, you know, we had no depth at the big man 
position last year, and he really had to fill in for the five at some points. But now we have uh, more flexibility there. So we're going to see him playing his natural position in the uh, power forward, and I think he's going to be forced to do things that he's not comfortable with this year. So I would most likely, I want to say that he's going to really improve this year. So I'm excited to see that. So that is our uh, breakdown of the roster. Before we get out of here, I just want to talk about predictions for this season. Uh, obviously, uh, towards the, towards the uh, beginning of the season, we'll do another uh, ca- a podcast previewing the season. But maybe just a sneak peek at what I have for us right now. So predictions for this year. Um, I think we're gonna start the start the year as a top ten team, somewhere between the eight and eleven range, in my opinion. I think the way too early top twenty five, number four ranking is a little bit too generous, in my opinion. Uh, but you know, I think we'll start the year as a team. Um, uh, ranked anywhere between eight and eleven. I think that's pretty reasonable to say. Um, no, but uh, by the year's end, I think we could be a team that wins up upwards of uh, 25 games. And I could see us winning 30 games pretty easily because, you know, I think there's going to be a down year for the SEC uh, with, you know, well, I don't want to say down year because they're still going to have great teams like LSU and Tennessee, but just not as great as last year. I mean, Last year was probably the best year for SEC basketball in <laughs> upwards of 10 years. So, you know, not going to be as good of a year for the SEC as last year. But still, I think uh, Florida's going to have more success this year. And uh, by the end of the year, I could see either us or Kentucky, you know, in the battle every year between us and Kentucky for the regular season SEC title. Uh, so, yeah, I think... We probably have a slight edge over Kentucky right now, but you know Kentucky's always young. You never know how they're gonna, how how they're gonna turn out. Probably by the end of the season, they'll be a top ten team. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, I I think that we'll end up winning the SEC regular season, uh, making us the one seed, and we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, I think by the end of the regular season, going into the SEC tournament. I still see us as a top as a top ten team, cause you know we have a pretty favorable non conference schedule. Um, we should get out of there pretty cleanly. Uh, obviously you do have some tough games in the mix there, but nowhere as hard as it was last season. So, uh, that mixed with a relatively down SEC, I think will make us uh pretty highly seeded going into SEC tournament. And then depending on how we do in that, we'll see how, uh, what our ranking will be in the NCAA tournament. And I I think it's reasonable to say we can be anywhere between a four, actually, you know, I think a four seed is reasonable for, uh, for to say at this point in time, because anything higher would be, a, any a higher like five, six, seven would be a disappointment. And anything below that, like th- three, two or one. Uh, would be really exciting to see, but you know, it's is a relatively young team, and I'm not quite sure would be ranked that high. But I think Florida fans would be uh, happy with a four seed. So 
With that being said, I think this team does have the potential to make it to a Final Four. But as of right now, I think um, we'll probably end up being anywhere from a Sweet 16 team to a Final Four team. And, you know, I think that's pretty reasonable to say. Because I think this team is much better than a team that'll finish in the round of 32. But I don't know if we have the experience or the ability to get any farther than the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight uh, or even to the Final Four. So, yeah, I think Sweet 16 is fair to say at this moment in time. And the, and as the season goes on, uh, obviously that'll change, uh, hopefully for the better. But, yeah, you know, I think uh, Sweet 16 I'd be happy with at this moment in time, and then we'll see how the season plays out. And then finally, before we end here, I just wanted to briefly talk about my predictions for the starting lineup and I think uh it's going to be the same for most of you. Uh, obviously, the point guard, Andrew Nemhard. I think everybody can agree on that. Uh, Noah Locke at the two. Uh, Scotty Lewis at the three. Johnson at the four. Keontae. And then Kerry uh, Blackshear, obviously, at the five. So that's my prediction for the starting five. My prediction, my early prediction for how the season's going to play out, and a little recap of the uh, new players and players who transferred out, and returning players. So, uh, once again, thank you guys for watching this episode of All Things Gators Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at All Things Gators. That's all underscore things underscore gators. Really appreciate it if you could go ahead and follow us there. And, um, yeah, if you could just uh, tell your friends, if you have any Gator friends or uh, anyone who likes to talk about the Gators or even college sports, uh, encourage them to go ahead and give us, uh, give us a listen. And then I don't believe that we're on Apple Podcast at this moment. We're definitely on Spotify. You can find the uh this podcast in the uh in the link of my Instagram page in all things Gators. Uh and every episode will be posted there. But until further further notice, we are not on Apple Podcasts, but I will make sure to let you guys know when we are. So yeah, thank you guys for listening and uh go Gators. <laughs>